0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Getting from here to there, that's the topic of our lesson for the next two weeks, getting from here to there. How do we get to the mission field? How do we get a missionary to the mission field? And uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Before we get into the lesson, let's uh, just ask God's blessing upon it. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege that we have to gather here today as a people of God. I pray your blessing upon our lesson time may it prove profitable to us, uh, to those that are watching by live stream, And, Lord, we just pray that you will um, use it to your glory to teach us today what we need to know as individuals who are seeking your will and your wisdom, Lord, and how to deal with missionaries, how to help missionaries, and, Lord, how to even accept the call upon our lives uh, to mission work. I pray for Brother Sarah today. Lord, we've already prayed for Judy. And I pray for Brother Gene today, Lord, that you will touch his body and give him healing. I pray, Father, that he'll be able to be with us next week and continue this lesson to its conclusion. We just ask God for his healing today. I pray also for Brother Al Rawlings. God, would you minister health to him as well, and, and uh, just thank you for him. Lord, thank you for the many years that he has served you faithfully, and uh, uh, thank you, God, for the privilege of knowing him for many, many years and, and watching you work in his life. And so, God, just use us today for your glory. Teach us. Lord, you be our teacher today. Please, Father, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> we have to have an understanding of the biblical message of God's call upon Christians. Uh, for a long time, you know, I, I believe God called me to pastor. Um, when I went to college, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in pastoring. I, it's not that I wasn't interested in it. I just didn't sense any leading of the Lord to go in that direction. But it's kind of interesting to me how God puts things together. Let me just share with you for a few minutes my testimony and how God called me to do what I'm doing or have been doing, and, and continue, in a sense, doing. When I went to Bob Jones University, I went there not to study the Bible. Of course, that you're going to do that anyway when you go to college like that. Um, that was not my main purpose for being there. It wasn't my intention to, um, to join the preacher boys class and become a part of that part of the training there at Bob Jones University. Um, I, it was my intention, well, let me go back a little further in high school. I wasn't saved until I was a senior in high school. And um, it was at the beginning of the senior year of high school that I came to know the Lord. And, um, but it was interesting how God put my life together in preparation for what I'm doing now. When I went to Bob Jones University and when God called me, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but when God called me, I discovered something that was uh, amazing to me. Even as an unsaved person, God directed my life through my years in high school to where when I went to college, I didn't have any deficiencies. I had taken every course that I needed to take in preparation for college. Um, I didn't have to take an extra English course. I didn't have to take a language. I studied Spanish in high school. I took Spanish in high school. It was an elective, I didn't have to do that, but I did. Uh, for two years, I took Spanish in high school, which, uh, <clears throat> which satisfied my, ling- my language requirement for, uh, for college. and uh, and every other course, they were academic courses that I took all the way through my high school experience. Why did I do that? You know what I was planning to do? I was planning to go into the Navy and try to get into some kind of electronics. Electronics has always been of interest to me. I guess that's why I got into video. Um, That's why I'm uh, heading up our live stream team. Today, I guess, God, God prepared me for that along the line, and uh, that was my that was my plan. I was going to go in the Navy, and um, I had heard that you could go in the Navy, you know, and maybe get into radio or something. So when I signed up to go to Bob Jones University, my intention was is to get into radio. They had a very <clears throat> extensive radio course at that time. had a, a radio station right there on campus and everything, and and so that was my plan. Uh, God saw to it that when I got in my dormitory, there was, a, uh, there was a, a senior, he wasn't a senior, I think he was a junior, but he was a preacher, preacher boy. He was in the preacher's class. And uh, I, had an, I had another elective course that I needed to sign up for to fill up my, my college uh, schedule for that semester. And uh, it could be, an, it was an elective course that I could take. And so I was discussing this with my preacher boy roommate, and I said, what should I take? And he says, why don't you sign up for Preacher Boys? It was called something different, but, it was, but we called it Preacher Boys class, you know. I said, okay. So I did. And you know, that's what God used me to call, that's what God used to call me in the ministry. I sat there in that preacher boys class and heard uh, Dr. Gilbert Stenholm who headed up that, that part of the university's ministry at the time. I heard him preach and I heard him talk and, and I heard his instruction to preachers and I'm sitting there you know i not going to be a preacher I'm just in class. And then Dr. Bob Senior preaching in chapel. And then every so often, he would come into the preacher boy's class, and he had preached to us. And uh, he kept the platform hot. Uh, that was his philosophy, keep the platform hot. And he did, boy. He scorched it sometimes. And uh, God used those two men to begin to work in my heart to lead me in a direction that became my life's direction, and that is to become a preacher. I didn't have any lightning bolts from heaven. Uh, God didn't speak to me audibly, but there was something going on inside of me I couldn't explain. Uh, All of a sudden, the interest that I once had in radio, it was still there, but it wasn't dominant anymore. And I began to think in terms, you know, maybe, maybe God wants me to preach. I heard, I heard my phone <laughs> turn the thing off. Uh, I heard Dr. Bob Sr. tell us preacher boys, he says, if you don't have a church, get you a soapbox. Go out on a corner and stand on it and preach. He says, you always got a place to preach. Now that nowadays you can't do they won't, they won't let you do that anymore, but that's what we did back in those days and God began to work in my heart my life and and all of a sudden this uh, this desire uh, began to get stronger and stronger and stronger and then it, it dawned on me you know God's calling me to be a preacher to be a pastor. And that's why I'm here today. And uh, every, probably every person, every Christian, every committed Christian, at some ta- at some point in their life. Uh, especially if you are in ministry, if you've been in ministry. Dot. For example, you and and Bill and, and others. Um, and and the same with uh, Cherry and and uh, and. Um, Pete. (laughs) Jerry, and Pete and others who've been involved in ministry. uh, We've all struggled with this. Maybe somewhere along the line, some of the rest of you have struggled with this. Is God calling me? Is God putting a call on my life? And and you wanted some answers. And eventually God gave you the answers, obviously. And... uh, So this is what our lesson is about today is how do I know God's calling me? How can I know the will of God? And and you may be sitting there saying, you know, um, preacher, don't you know that we're old people? Now my wife would say, don't say we're old people. We're mature people. All right? We're old, mature people. Uh, I I get that. What? <laughs> Older. Older. Yeah, well, that's what my, that's what my wife says. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you, you might be thinking, you know, this doesn't really apply to me. It doesn't apply to us. Well, I'm going to make the application to us as we progress here, and you'll get it. You'll get the application. And I think what we have in the in this lesson today and and next Sunday. Uh, you can find it to be very useful, maybe not applying it particularly to you, but to another generation. And um, you know, that's really what God has spared us for. Hear this this is important. You know why God has allowed us to become older, mature people? With this gray hair, um, there is a certain amount of wisdom that comes with it. Definitely, okay? And it's wisdom that God has given to us and things that we have learned by experience through the course of our lives that God can use in a very wonderful, precious, eternal way. And that is to share with another generation coming behind us what God has taught us over the years. And I must say, folks, that if we're not willing to, to use what God has given to us and what God has taught us through the years, I really think that we're probably not fulfilling the purpose that God has left us here on earth for. And so what you're going to learn in the lesson today, and some of this, some of this you've, you've heard it before and, and you know it, but I think some of it will be fresh to some of us today. You can use this to help maybe a family member, a grandchild, a great-grandchild, one of the young people in our church, the generation that's coming behind us. There are several times that we read the phrase in the Bible that the generations to come may know. Have you ever picked that out of the Bible? (coughs) That the generations to come may know. God led Israel to go, go through many things and many experiences of life, even, even through the dark times of their lives. God allowed them to go through those periods of times to teach them lessons that the generations to come may know. And so what we're going to give you today, I hope, will be beneficial to you uh, for that purpose. All right. I've taken more time than I intended to take uh, on this introduction. So let's just get down to the outline. Some of the outline I, <clears throat> I, uh, I rearrange these notes that Brother Tavis prepares for us uh, to suit me, and uh, and Brother Sarah does it in a little different way than I do. So the outline you're going to be seeing on the screen may not exactly match the outline that I'm going to be giving because I've got what I like to do and Brother Sarah has prepared what he likes to do. And the handout you have is Brother Sarah's handout. And so what you're going to see on the screen will match your handout, not necessarily what I say. So if I say something a little different than what's on the screen, write down what's on the screen. All right? Uh, I haven't said, I'm not going to say anything different than what's on the screen. It's just going to be in a little different order, okay? So the first Roman, tumoral, Roman numeral number one, then, is this. Am I called? That's what we've been talking about, isn't it? Am I called? One of the greatest difficulties for Christians who think about, uh, um, who are thinking about, um, making any full-time ministry their vocation, whether it's a pastor or whether it's a missionary or whatever area of ministry God may be calling you to, it's an issue of calling. I believe that God puts a calling on all of our lives. I, I, I think that God doesn't, God doesn't call everybody to be a preacher, to be a missionary. I believe somebody, I believe God has arranged in your lives some of you, to do what we would normally consider to be secular work. Dr. Bob Senior used to say something that I think is very important here. He says there's no difference between the secular and the sacred for a Christian. All ground is holy ground. All ground is holy ground. Whatever you're doing in life, uh, let's use the term that the, we use, that the world uses a lot. Let's use the term layman. They call us clergy. Reverend. <laughs> Ain't much reverend about me, folks, <laughs> to be honest with you. I try to be holy. Um, but um, um, layman, let's, let's use that term because that's a term everybody understands. Maybe you're a layman. You work in the shipyard. Did you ever think that maybe God called you to work there? You ever think about that? Maybe you're a carpenter, you drive nails for a living. Um, Nowadays, they don't use a hammer, they got a gun, you know, boom, 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 boom. Now, the trick to that is to make sure you don't shoot yourself in the foot. Right, Reggie? But did you ever think that maybe God called you to do that? I believe he did. You may not have sensed uh, an earth-shaking move from heaven to, say, uh, work in the shipyard or work as a carpenter or as a school teacher or whatever. But I think that wherever God has you placed or had you placed, many of you, I think probably most of you now are retired, But wherever God had you serving was probably, if you were sensitive to God's leading in your life, was where God wanted you at the time. And your vocation then, if we look at it like that, as God's plan and God's will for you, uh, you have to consider that, you know, uh, that's just as important as, as a preacher standing behind the pulpit. Or the missionary serving on a foreign field somewhere. If you are where God wants you, that's important. It's important for you, but it's also important for the glory of God and for his plan as he's working his plan out uh, in our time. Okay? Am I called? How do you know if you're called by God to serve in a special way supported by his church? What does it even mean to say that we are called? We can make this the sole topic of our lesson, I think, from now on. And still, I don't really believe, sound the depths of that particular term, that particular uh, terminology, called of God. Uh, There's a lot of, I think there's probably a lot that goes into that. Well, And as I look around this room, I'm, I'm guessing... That the overwhelming majority of us are not actually called into missionary, into ministry as full time as a full time vocation, as an overseas missionary or as a pastor. Um, and so, the logical question would be, how does God? How does the call of God even apply to me? And I touched on that in just a few moments. And let me let me share with you. Uh, how I believe that you can be a help uh, by by learning this information, how this can apply to us. The great question, um, uh, it's a great class question if you were asking that question, it shows that you've been paying attention. So let me give you three ideas here. Number one, a child, a grandchild, or some other relative uh, may feel may, may feel called into a full-time ministry. And with this information, it can go a long way in helping them to come to a biblical conclusion as to how God may be working in their life. And secondly, even more likely, here at Good News Baptist Church, you have the opportunity uh, to, uh, to, in- to interact with a lot of our young people here. And we have a lot of young people and uh in fact some of those young people may be sensing a call into mini, mini, uh, military military into missionary ministry and with an understanding of this material with an understanding of how god works in our life and how god brings a call upon our life you may be able to use this sometime in the quietness of some uh, of some family meeting or somewhere else you're sitting down with one of your grandchildren or or even one of the young people of this church and say, you know what, I believe that this is the way God works and maybe this will be helpful to you. And you can share with them what you have learned about the call of God on their lives. Or or consider this, don't misunderstand, don't underestimate how God can use you and help you to mold the future generation of Christians. God is looking for prepared Christians that are willing to be used by him to his glory. And that can be you. It could be any one of us. That if we have the right information, that God can use that at the right time to help the right person. And so, um, let's continue here. Letter A. How do I know I'm called? Well, the first point under that. We know by the Word of God. We know it by the Word of God. That's one way. That's, that's, a, that's just a part of the picture. And uh, we understand from verses like the Great Commission, and we've, uh, we've read that several times during the course of this, this study uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, um, that there is, a, there is a general biblical call that God puts on all of us, all Christians. If you're born again, God has a written word for you as a Christian. The Great Commission is one of those incidents. Um, And it doesn't require specific calling. All it requires is an obedient Christian who's committed to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all have that kind of a call. The word of God says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." Let me read it. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. You say, well, that was for the apostles. No, it's not. The Great Commission is given to the church. And, and, uh, and let me ask you this question. Who's the church? Yeah, a couple of you went like that. You're right. We're the church. Uh, individuals make up the church, the body of Christ, the local body of Christ. And, uh, and, and so the commission is given to all of us. From the Word of God, God spoke to us from the Word and get, has given a general call to all of us to go and preach the gospel in some respect. And this is repeated several times throughout the Scripture. And so we must be clear on this question uh, because it is important. It's an important one. The biblical call involves uh, the, uh, the biblical call that involves imperative commands to all believers, such as, Go and make disciples requires no sense of calling. Uh, We're told it. By the way, you don't have to pray over something that you're told to do in the Bible. You hear that? Write that down somewhere. When you're given a specific order, a specific command, an imperative in the Bible, and God says do this, you don't have to say, well, wait a minute, Lord, I need to pray about that. No, you don't have to do that. Just do it. God told you to do it, so do it. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. All right. Number two, beware of feelings. You know, most of us humans, human beings, we operate by our feelings. And sometimes they get us in trouble, our feelings. They get us in trouble. Uh, There's no faithful believer that would ever say, I don't feel called to live a holy life. So that, uh, I guess I could commit sin. I don't think any of you have ever said that. No committed Christian would ever say anything like that. The call to a personal holiness is found throughout Scripture. You can read it in a lot of places in the Bible. And so whether or not you feel called to a life of holiness is irrelevant. Irrelevant. I, I mispronounce that word an awful lot. Irreverent. Doesn't mean the same thing as irrelevant. And the irrelevant, ir, I can't, even, can't say that word. It doesn't make any difference, okay? It's not... Um, The way you feel is not important, in other words. We're called to live a life that's holy by the written, unchangeable word of God. That's what's important. And the call to share in the spread of the gospel is is simply a universal application of that to all of us, that we are all given that simple call. And so, in a sense... If your question is merely am I called to global evangelism, we just have to cut to the chase and say, yes, you are. Yep, you are. Uh, But that truth is that's probably not what our question is anyway. Instead, you may ask this, am I personally called? Am I called by God to leave this place and move to a different culture and take the gospel to a place where Jesus Christ is not very well known? That's a much different question. And it's a a lot more complex than simple. All right? And so that's what we're going to deal with here. How does God call? How does God put a call in the life of a missionary? How does God call uh, a person to preach the gospel? What constitutes a call of God? Let's talk about that for the next uh, few minutes here. First of all, over the centuries, um, biblical teachers have, have generally identified two, two phases of a calling uh, that's described in, in the scripture. Two of them. There are two of these, basically. And I'll tell you what they are ahead of time. Mary Lynn, you don't have to put these up just yet, but let me tell you it's an internal call and an external call now let me explain these for you the first one is the internal call what is an internal call an internal call is simply a desire or willingness to undertake the work you're willing to do it you have a desire to do it Uh, that's an inner feeling that we have and and, uh, said feeling and, and basically it is a feeling we can't always go by our feelings And sometimes we have to test our feelings to see if they really are genuine of God. But that's what it is, basically. Um, It's a a conviction that God has placed in your heart for a particular course of action. It's not a mere it's not it's not a mere feeling or something wonder some wonderlust. Um, there still must be a desire to see God glorified on the earth and God's will accomplished in this. And so, you might ask whether there is a biblical basis for the idea of an inter- international, call, international of an internal call. There is. We have some examples of it in scriptures. So, let me share some of these with you. If you want to turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse 20, look at what the apostle Paul says here. Paul had an inner desire to do the will of God. I think as we read through the Scriptures, we can say that, that Paul lived within the will of God. And uh, there were some times when, when others questioned that will. For example, when he wanted to go to Jerusalem, he said, no, they're going to kill you there. Paul says, well, I'm going to go anyway. You know. Uh, but anyway, there's a good example of us here. Um, Paul often, in, uh, in his writings, spoke of the desire or the passion or an ambition that he had uh, that compelled him. And in Romans chapter 15 and verse uh, 20, he uses this language. Notice what he says. He says, I strive. It's a verb. He says, I strive to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another's foundation." But he strived to do that. It was an inner compulsion, a compulsion to him to do it, to preach the gospel where Christ was, was not named. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, of verse 16, we see something very similar there. He says this, For though I preach the gospel, uh, I have nothing to glory, to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. He says it's necessary that I do it. Did God tell him that? No. He had a, just an inner compulsion. He says I got to do it. I just got to do it. Necessity is laid upon me, he said. And then he goes on to say, "Woe woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel." Well, uh, frankly, I like to refer to this inner call as this God's still voice saying. This is the way, walk ye in it. It's the inner working of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit telling us, you know, leading us, guiding, giving us a compulsion, a desire, an inner desire to do what God wants us to do. God doesn't speak to us audibly out of heaven, this is my way, walk ye in it. You know, our, our church verse is about the path of life, the path of life. God has a path for us. And I, that's a good motto for our church to have. It's a, it's a good, compelling verse. Show us the path of life. And when this, we have this inner compulsion, this inner desire, this, uh, this drive, that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. That's the call of God. That's a part of the call of God. It's not the whole part, whole thing, but that's a part of the call of God. God is leading us in such a way that it's just a, it's just a compelling thing for us. And, and that's what I experienced in my life. You know, I can't actually say <clears throat> that there was a definite time when God spoke to me and said, Walt Coles, this is what I want you to do. I want you to become a preacher. I want you to stay in that preacher boy's class. I want you to learn what a preacher ought to be doing. I want you to take all the courses in preparation for, and God never spoke to me like that. But he did put an inner compulsion in my heart. It was there. And I can look back on it and and, and look, I can look back on it and say, yes, that was the will of God. That's what God wanted me to do and and I thank God that I was sensitive to that, the inner working of the work of the Word of God, an inner compelling of the Holy Spirit. and whatever is meant by that, for Paul it seemed to be a strong sense of inner desire there was a significant motivation of his call. and also for Paul there was the, there was certainly the uh, the, comp- uh, the the component of uh, that came along with him being struck down on the Damascus Road when God struck him down. That's when he was saved. That's that was his salvation experience. But then he got off he got off of his knees and he stood up and said, "Lord, what would Thou have me to do?" And God told him, "said I want you to go preach the gospel." Now we won't experience. We probably won't experience something like that in our call. Um, but nevertheless, God still uses events to put that inner compulsion in us. And that's a part of the call of God. Um, look also at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Uh, here there is a sense or a desire that that Timothy is commended for by Paul uh, that may be that may be considered um, uh, what, this is, what this is like, what this is all about. Um, there's, a sense, uh, there's a sense of desire. It's commended for everyone that might desire to be a pastor of a local church, for example. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the first part of that chapter, uh, we find there the qualifications for a bishop or a pastor. And here's what it says. This is a true saying if a man what's the next word desire. You ever catch that word there? If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Frankly, I didn't desire to be to, to the office of a bishop at first. But when the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart, that became my desire. Uh, this uh, electronics thing took a back seat. It's still there. It's even there to this day. I, I enjoy working with stuff like that and, and um, video and, and all that stuff. I don't do a whole lot of video. You know, as some, of, some of you know that uh, I used to video weddings and all events. I used to video all the cantatas we had here and edit them. Took hours to edit them, you know, and and I enjoyed that. I loved that, but it wasn't my calling. It was a, it was, a, became a hobby, became a very expensive hobby. <laughs> <clears throat> um, some of these cameras here are actually my cameras. I own them. That one back there, I, I owned that at one time, but I've given that one from the church. And the truth is that all of it will be eventually be the church's. And uh, but I don't use it anymore. I I can't carry that stuff around anymore. I mean, <clears throat> to lug all that equipment to the a wedding, site of a wedding, that took a that took a lot of uh, that took a lot out of me. Just just a, uh, when I got a little older. And now that I'm old, I can't handle that anymore. I can handle sitting up there behind that desk and operating some stuff up there. I can handle that. But, but um, um, I, I, don't use, I, I don't use it anymore, but I, but I love it. I still have a love in my heart for it. It's still a, kind of a hobby with me. And uh, I don't know why I got off on that. There was, I, I, was, I think I was intending to go somewhere with that. <laughs> Anyway, desire. Um, and in First Peter chapter five and verse two says that the pastor should uh, should serve not by constraint but by willing, but willingly. Okay. Now for missions, uh, this internal call may be reinforced by may be re- reinforced by the evidence of the gift of fruitfulness in a particular area of our ministry. In other words, when, <clears throat> when we do something that we desire to do and see God's hand on it and see God blessing it and using it, that's a further evidence that perhaps this is the will of God. This is God working and leading. And so that leads us then to the second thing, and that is the external call. I believe there is an external call that we have to consider as well. And along with the internal call, there is that need for that external call, And this is a confirmation of those in spiritual authority. Um, This leads us to talk about a church sending a missionary out. This leads us to the idea of when a pastor, preacher, is, uh, is ordained. We lay hands on him. We identify ourselves with him. Uh, You've seen it. We've we've endured. uh, We've endured. We've endorsed. We've we've endured some too, but we've endorsed uh, several preachers here at Good News Baptist Church. God has given us that privilege. Thank the Lord for that. And 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 we've commissioned missionaries. What do we do? We lay hands on them. There's a lot of significance to that. It's just, not, it's just not something nice to do. There's a reason why we do that. When we do that, we're saying, we identify ourselves with this man or this woman whom God has called to go to the mission field or this man whom God has called to pastor. We identify with, with him in his call that God indeed has placed a call upon his life. That's the external call. Observe some of these young people that we have around here who are potential missionaries in our church. Get to know them. Ask yourself, how are they doing in interacting with folks around them? Uh, do they have a potential that God a potential uh, of God using them in some special way? Can you pick out those potentials? You know, uh, I've, I've over the years I've seen God put His hand on young people in this church. And former churches as well. But I've observed them as they've come up. How they interact with people. How, how they respond to spiritual things, you know. And, and in my mind, I say, you know, I believe God's going to use that young person. Have you ever heard anybody say that of somebody else? You know, I believe God's going to use him. You ever heard that? You know what that is? That's, a, that's the Holy Spirit saying to somebody externally, a godly man, a godly woman, a godly person, observing the potential in somebody and say, "You know what I believe I believe God's going to call that person, and that's, that's adding to that external call when those on the outside who love God observe in someone else the ability to do the will of God somewhere else, perhaps. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I've observed some, some of our older folks and how, you, how some of you interact with some of our younger people. Um, it's, it's amazing to me to see some of the older folks in our church uh, interacting with some of the younger people. And if you're not accustomed to doing that, let me put it in your heart. Let me suggest to you, to your heart, that you get involved with some of the young people in the church. Yes. Sure, and let them know you know, you're interested in them. You know, it's not them and us. It should be us. You know, all of us. Most of our young people sit up here on these front first few rows uh, for the services. Uh, you know, that's always been when I came here as pastor that amazed me back in 1991. That amazed me to see all of our teenagers sitting up here, and Mark and Patty Taylor sitting right over there with them. And you know what I observed about them? A lot of them are sitting there taking notes, and they're not writing notes to each other. They're taking notes on what the preacher's saying. You know what that is? That's an indication of some young people that really have God at heart, and they really want to know what the Bible has to say. And, and, uh, and, and then to see older folks interact with them, in a sense, to get to know them and to encourage them and so forth. Uh, that's why God has put us here in this church, folks, so we can help this younger generation come along. It's not them and us. It's all of us. And, uh, and we may be in, in God's process. We may be in a place where we can help God place his call upon some of these young people. Think about that. Uh, There's some biblical examples of that. Um, Of the the congregation at Antioch in uh, Acts chapter 13 is an excellent example of external confirmation of God's call on Paul and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 13, verses two and three, it says this: "As they ministered to the Lord, that's the Apostles and Paul and Barnabas and particularly, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Paul and uh, Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them." And when they had fasted and prayed, guess what? The next phrase is. They laid their hands on them and they sent them away. They sent them out. Uh, That word sent there means to send them on a mission. Send them out on a mission. And so the church at Antioch is a good example of that of confirming the call of God upon these men whom God had called. God the Holy Spirit wrote that in His Word. I have called them and this church has identified that and, have, and has identified themselves with these men whom I have called and placed that external call upon them to send them out. Don't take lightly when, when we have the opportunity here at Good News Baptist Church to set aside a missionary to, uh, to commission them or a preacher to ordain them. Be a part of that service. Be here. Identify yourself with those men and women of God that God calls to serve Him either on a foreign field or in a a local church someplace. Identify yourself with them. Be a part of God's plan for their life. That's what it's all about. For us to be a part of that. That's a part of God's call to have that confirmation, that external confirmation on, on, uh, on somebody else. There's another example here in the Bible, too. This is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 5. Um, Timothy uh, was called of God, but Paul made an observation. Notice Paul here is making an observation of this young preacher, who, by the way, was saved under Paul's ministry there in Ephesus. But he said this, Paul said this, When I call to remembrance, when I've thought about all of this, The unfeigned faith that is in thee, which was first in your grandmother Lois, and then in your mother Eunice. And now I'm persuaded also it's in you. Paul observed that. That's a confirmation of God's working in in Timothy's life as Paul shares that with him. I've made some observations. And I just want to encourage you with what I've observed because this this is an identification of God's working in your life, God's call upon your life. It was an external, it's part of an external call. Um, there, is a, there, is a, there is a caution here that we need to take note of. Uh, <clears throat> Paul, in, in, in talking about Timothy, uh, he assumes that others are going to be called as well. Or at least say that they're called. And he, and he, offers, he offers to the church this, this suggestion. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 22, he warns the church of this. He says, lay hands suddenly on no man. Neither be partakers of other man's sin. Keep thyself pure. You know what he's telling the church here? He said, listen, there's going to be some that are going to come along and say, I'm called of God. He said, don't take their word for it. Observe their life. They may say they're called, but let's find out. Basically, it's what Paul's saying. Don't lay hands suddenly on people that just come by and say, I'm called of God. Send me out as a missionary. No, there has to be a part of that external call also. And so Paul says, Just don't lay hands suddenly. Don't identify yourself with, with people who claim to be, have the call of God. I want to tell you, I've listened to some, some preachers on the television, and I know they're not called of God. They're called of self to get your money. Uh, let me use this as an example I mentioned to this uh, this yesterday almost yesterday a Friday. We were listening to David Jeremiah on the radio. And, uh, and David Jeremiah said something I've heard him say several times. Uh, he said, <clears throat> He said, if I'm, "If I'm on the television or if I'm on the radio, uh, when your church is having services, don't listen to me. go to church." Now there's some things about David Jeremiah. I don't like. I think he, I don't like his music. Okay. Sure. Um, uh, but he he does. He's a good preacher. He says a lot of good things. And but don't listen to his music. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I, I. I appreciate, his attitude. He said, when I'm on television, if I'm on television when your church is assembled, um, he said, you have another obligation. You have a priority is the word he used. You have a priority and it's not me, it's your church. I appreciate that. And I've also heard him say, don't send me your tithe. But I can't say that's true of some preachers I've heard on the radio or seen on TV. Send me your tithe, hogwash. Your tithe belongs to the local church, folks. Doesn't belong to the television evangelist. And uh, any and any evangelist or any preacher on television that would tell you to do that, write them off, turn them off. Uh, I don't believe they have the call of God on them. Okay, they don't have my confirmation anyway, and I think that's probably pretty clear, right? Okay. All right, let's go to Roman numeral two. I've got three minutes to cover this and there's a lot to cover here. But Brother Sarah can pick up where I left off. You can pick up where I left off to to leave off today. Okay, Brother Sarah? (laughs) You got the message. Addressing a sense of call. This is a good thing. It's a good part of the lesson. Addressing a sense of a call. So let's, take, let's talk particularly about what you might do if you sense a call to a, part, to a ministry. Maybe you feel that God's calling you to a mission field, or maybe you're not sure. Dot, when you and Bill were called to the, to the ministry that you were called to, was it, were, there, were, were there some uncertainties about it at the beginning? Or was it a dead... That's that thing with you. There some uncertainties. Yeah. And uh, there was with me too, you know. I went through that. period. You know, is this, is this really what God wants me to do? And I suppose that Jerry, you and Pete probably went through that when, uh, when Pete surrendered to, to preach, you know. Uh, did you know for sure? Maybe not, you know. There may have been some uncertainties. How do I confirm this? Well, sometimes God lets uncertainties there for a little while, but he's eventually going to confirm it to us. There's going to be a comp- confirmation of it somewhere along the line, okay? Um, you may feel some sort of a pull to a work for, a gospel, uh, for, for the, the gospel uh, abroad somewhere or involved yourself in a local ministry. Uh, but, you're, but you may be unclear as to what God's will really is in this matter. What do you do in a case like that? What actions should you take? Um, not every whim constitutes the call of God. I've had a few whims that turned out disastrous, <laughs> disastrously. Um, and so I think maybe that's the reason the Bible says, try the spirits to see if they be of God. Sometimes we, we apply that, and rightly so, to try uh, evil spirits or whatever, you know, whatever. But I think we can also apply that in a sense of, well, try what, try what you're feeling. See if it really is of God. And by the way, that's why some missionaries go, to, go on a, a short-term missions trip. to try to really ascertain, is this what God wants me to do? I have a, have a whim to that, you know. Have an inclination. I have a desire for, but is it my desire or is it God's will? And that's the question that we have to answer. Is it just something I'd like to do, or is it something I want to do because the Holy Spirit's directing me to do it and leading me in that direction? And that's what that's what's got to be settled in everybody's heart. That uh, senses a call of God. Now. The local church does the sending. That's the reason why we talked a few minutes ago about that external call. The local church is the one that actually sends the missionaries out. And so, um, uh, this is basic, but it's important. And uh, we, we look at a, an, the example of Paul and Barnabas there in Acts chapter 13. Um, and one takeaway that we can get from that passage is this, that individual missionaries do not send themselves out. And when I, when I was thinking about that, I thought about this. I've, I have sat on a lot of ordination councils, a lot. I don't know how many over the years, but, but I've been a part of, of questioning um, uh, candidates uh, for the pastor, pastoral candidates, you know, um, they call them presbyteries or, or a council that meets together to question um, the, the preacher that feels like he's called to preach and invariably this question is asked it's not always asked but it is mostly this question is asked if this council does not recommend you to the church for ordination what are you going to do that's a searching question isn't it for here's a, here's a man sitting before us that feels like he's called the pastor, a church. And here's a council, a seasoned pastor, sitting on the other side of the table saying to him, if we don't recommend you to the church for ordination, what are you going to do? What would your answer to that question be? Well, let me tell you the two answers. Let me tell you the answer that we got mostly. And it's a rather arrogant answer. And it wasn't always expressed in these terms, but sometimes it was. Well, bless God, God's the one that called me to preach, not you, and I'll do it anyway. What's wrong with that? Anybody have any suggestions what might be wrong with that answer? I'm sorry. They're not following God's leading. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's arrogant. First of all, it's arrogant. And secondly, why in the world do we have a council here examining the qualifications of a man who says he's called to preach? And if the council of godly men, seasoned pastors, seasoned in the ministry say, we don't believe that God's in this. And here's a man saying, well, in spite of that, God called me to preach. And I don't care what you say. Why even have the council? You know? and be very frank with you that's the answer that i heard as as a uh, in in my younger years of sitting on those councils until one day we were questioning an individual who was very qualified by the way but <clears throat> but when that question was put before him he said this and i'm not quoting exactly what the way he said it but this is in essence what he said he said man, i see in front of me, a group of men who love God. Men that God has used in the ministry over many years and there's many years of experience and knowledge in in you as a group. And if you say that I'm not qualified uh, according to the word of God, then I'll rethink this. I want to listen to you why I'm not qualified and I want to go back and restudy, I want to go back and learn and uh, I want to I want to become qualified and that blew me away when I heard him say that I thought yes that's the man of God that I want to be my pastor or I would want to be my pastor somebody that's sensitive to an external call and I've heard that same thing several times since then but but it took several Several sessions of me sitting on ordination councils to hear an answer like that. And so, just to have a sense of a call needs the approval of God's men. Good night. I'm five minutes over time. I didn't realize that. No wonder I'm hearing stomachs growl. All right, Brother Stair, you got it from here next week. All right. Well, let's pray, and he'll pick it up from here. And uh, probably more information here than what he really wanted to tackle, but uh, but he's a good man and he'll do it. He can, he can handle it, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this privilege of being together with this group today and for the opportunity to teach this lesson. And once again, Lord, we commit Brother Sarah to you and pray for his healing and strengthening. And and as he comes back to this uh, uh, this lesson next week and picks it up at this point, we pray, Lord, that you will use him in a marvelous and mighty way. And Judy as well, Lord, touch her body as well and, and give her healing. We pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. the calling, we Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online